Well, here we go. Episode one of the On The Road To The Masses podcast with your host, myself, Luke Askew and Ivana Rempel. Today, we ask you a question. Do you have a dream? Hey guys, welcome to the show On The Road To Damascus. How are we doing, Ivan? Good. How are we doing, Luke? I'm very excited. Episode number one. What? It feels like episode one happened a year ago, and then we've been waiting for episode two. That's true. That's true. Like everyone doesn't understand like how how long we have been waiting for this. Um, not only just this episode, but this whole this whole journey. It was just a dream, which is quite funny because that's the topic we're going to talk about, isn't it? What's the topic? Today we're going to talk about: Do you have a dream? Do you have a dream? Wow. Do you know, the first time I ever experienced that question was in school. Not like when you're in school and it's like, what do you want to be when you're older? It was kind of that kind of, and I always wondered the thought about, should I know? Hmm. Should you know? I don't know. Here's the funny thing. You're asked that question from the very first time you go to school in kindergarten. Because when you graduate kindergarten, the first thing you do is, ah, this is what I dream of being when I grow up. Mm. So it's something that you are told and asked to think about your whole life. But I know myself at this point, it took me many years, which I'm not going to tell you how many years, because I'm not telling you how old I am, (laughs) to finally realize that this is my dream. (laughs) Wow. So, So articulate that a bit more then. Okay, so what what is that dream you say that this is your dream stuck with me like look at you um what what what's what's your dream or what did you think i'll tell you what let's just think about a different question like what was yvonne's dream when she was younger so when people used to ask you that question yeah. when you were younger where did you kind of stop where did your dream start and then obviously we could talk about your dream for like six hours but like and then kind of like how did it develop from like young teenager and then like kind of now yeah that's good um when I was young I I wanted to be a singer (laughs) I loved singing oh I love and I love singing like Disney songs I would listen to Disney and I would sing Disney all the time it was my favorite thing to do I wanted to be a singer and then I realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was. (laughs) So then I needed to pick up something a little bit different. And then when people started telling me that my writing was really well, that became my new dream. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I picked a dream. And then when I was a teenager, people told me what I was good at. And so I decided to do that because I was good at it. And then my dream later on as an adult now um, didn't actually come because anybody on earth told me. It actually came because I finally realized who I was and what I offered the world. And then my dream was born out of that. Ooh, wow. Okay. So just a few things that just came up there. So you had a dream of like, kind of like what you wanted to do. And then yeah. someone spoke into you in terms of like, you had a natural gift or talent. And then that kind of shaped a little bit in terms of where your dream shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a big, a big thing with the whole like dreaming thing? Like 
I think for me, I'm gonna steal the steal the show now. I'll I'll meet you where I was at. <laughs> and my my mum told me that my dream when I was growing up was to be a police officer. Um, yeah. as a on a motorcycle, it's very specific, and having a rope that would catch robbers. Um, <laughs> so I kind of had that at the beginning, and that was my dream. And then, and then I kind of had a big heart for people so my mom always used to say oh you have such a big heart like you you always want to help people I can see you helping people and she used to just speak life into me and one says I can see you helping people I can see you kind of coaching people because I got into martial arts so I guess in one sense my mum started to speak into me and started to highlight the things I was naturally good at and inclined to do and then that kind of inspired me along my journey into finding out that I was quite good at sport and then I realized actually what I loved about the sport aspect is I loved helping people go from A to B so whether that was like a little kid not being able to throw and now they can throw. That's what I loved seeing. And then my my dad spoke into me and kind of said, well, that's what a coach does. Like a coach takes people from A to B. And I think then started my journey of going, oh, I love to help people. And I love to take people from where they are now to where they, they want to go. So I kind of, that kind of fed into my dream in one sense. Isn't it really crazy that the first dream we have as a little kid is just based on anything and everything that we can do? We look at the world and we go, I can be anything that I want to do and there's no limits. And then we get into this adolescent, teenager, young adult phase where people... Um, either are speaking life into you or just telling you what you're really good at. And we attach our dream to what people say because we don't want to, we don't want to fail, right? We want to be successful in our dream. And then I think of real dream, and I'm not saying that anybody who's naturally talented isn't real, but a dream that is birthed from your personal identity and God only comes out of knowing fully who you are and being able to recognize that you have strengths and weaknesses in in the dream together. So it goes from I can do anything to I can only do my gifts and talents to then all of a sudden it marries both together and something amazing births out of that. that you know what? That's so incredible what you just said because when you just mentioned about kind of your dream goes from what people speak life into you or tell you what you're good at is like, and then you say that your real dream and vision kind of comes from, from, from God, that kind of predestined kind of, let's talk it destiny calling upon your life, the thing that you were made to do type thing, like to identify that, that true vision, dream, calling, whatever you want to want to call it you're right. You have to kind of know really who you are, because if you don't know who you are, people are going to start to tell you who you are. And then that can drift you so far away from, I guess, what it is that you were really meant to do. Yeah. So if you're not surrounding yourself with 
people who are pouring life into you, um, but they're people who are just, you know, cheering you on because of the amazing things you can do. It's not a bad thing, but if you are, if you're pulling everything out of your gifts and talents, but it's not fulfilling you, maybe you're not living the dream you think you're meant to do. Do you know what? It's crazy that though, isn't it? Because like, I found that many times when I thought I found my my dream or my place in the world, and I was like what you said, I was operating in in a way in terms of operating from my gifts and my talent. So I was I was speaking, I was I was coaching people, so I was kind I was close. Do you know what I mean? I was close. I was I was yeah. using the gifts and the talents, the things that I was naturally good at. However, there always felt like there was this missing piece like imagine um oh i've got a good analogy here's a good analogy okay (laughs) so imagine that you kind of know that you're meant to drive a car does that make sense like you kind of know like oh i feel like i'm meant to drive a car and then you get in a car that somebody has shown you kind of oh this is your car and then you jump in the car and you're driving this car and you're kind of like hang on a minute I'm driving the car and I know I'm meant to drive cars but this isn't the car and you're kind of waiting for the car and then when you find it when you find that dream when you find that vision that alignment you're sat in that car and you're like this was the car I was made to drive oh that is a good analogy yeah that's really good yeah And you know what, what's really great about that analogy is as, as a mom, there's seasons where I didn't want to drive certain cars like a van (laughs) (laughs) because you don't want to, but you drive it because that's what you are. That's the season of life you're in. I drove it because I had three kids and I needed to fit everything in my van. But then eventually my season shifted where I have two kids who have cars of their own And now I go down to maybe something I want, something that I can now choose where, you know, but it doesn't change. I still have the desire to drive. I still can drive, but maybe it looks different based on the season that you're in. And it never looks like what you think it should look like. This is, this is a deep conversation compared to like just analogies, but that's so true because you're hundred percent right. Like you're driving a typical, typical, like a type of car. Now, if someone's still listening to this going, I don't have a clue what these guys are going at. And basically the car is an analogy for your, like your dream, what you're doing, your work, whatever you're doing at the the time. (laughs) Um, So if you keep hearing cars, they're like, hang on a minute. I thought you're talking about dreams. Um, But you're in that season of your life, like you said, you're, you're driving that car, you're doing that job. And I think like what you just mentioned as, as, a, as a mom to young children at the time is that you were doing your job as a mother and, and that's what you felt like you were doing. But my question to you is that even though you were driving that car, even though you were doing that type of work and you knew you had to because that was the season that you were in, did you ever feel a sense of like your real car, your dream car, your real goal, your real work? Did you feel like that was going to die? And were you scared of it dying? Or did you always feel a sense of, I'll eventually drive that car? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. I know that when I was, <laughs> um, I had this dream given to me 12 years ago. Mm. And I had this idea of what I thought the dream was supposed to look like. And I remember standing there going, this is my dream. And all of a sudden, every part of it fell apart. Every part of it fell apart. And I looked at God and I said, I don't understand. You gave me this dream. How come? Like, how come it's not doing what you what you said it was going to do? And that was in a season where I had a one-year-old, three-year-old, and five-year-old at home. So my oldest is 18. So you can see this has been a long time. And I remember sitting very late at night outside looking at the stars and questioning, going, why would you even give me something if you're not going to give it to me now? (laughs) Why, Why put that on me? Why give me that hope for something better if I just feel like you're going to take it away from me? And in that moment, he showed me that my dream wasn't the ultimate ending of my life. It didn't mean that because I had a dream, I was better or equipped or had a calling. I wasn't anything more than anybody else in this world. I had a dream and I had a calling because I had gifts and talents. And one day I would know who I was and could share that with the world. That was my dream was to share it with the world. But in the moment when God said, I want you to lay down your dream and I want you to pick up being a mom, the next 10 years of that growing and every day intentionally pouring into my kids, I needed that growth to unlock more gifts and talents I didn't even know I possessed to get me to this point of walking out my dream. And he knew that. He knew I needed to have those moments. He knew I needed to to do that. And for some people, it, it may not look like that. It probably doesn't. Nothing usually happens always the same. It may look different as, you know, you have gotten this dream and in one year you're, you know, you are doing everything that you ever thought you were doing, or you've been holding on a dream for 40 years and you're like frustrated and angry. And for people who sit with those long, long dreams, my encouragement to you is live every single moment and season as if that was the dream Mm. because it will become fulfilled. Wow. So drive the car that you've been given. Drive the car that you've been given. Yeah. I, if I started doing this all those years ago, it would have flopped instantly because I was not the person I am now. I didn't have the growth that I needed to learn. I didn't have the stability or foundation that I really needed to do this. What I had was a zeal to push forward and was relying on my own strength to sustain something that I could not sustain. But when I learned how to, when I learned how to sustain it, then all of a sudden I went from a minivan to a BMW. Now I don't drive a BMW, but that's what I'm imagining it is. (laughs) Yeah, we're still talking about dreams, guys, not cars. Um, Do you know what? I'm just going to pick up a few things that, that you said there that were quite profound. 
is that you say that God gave you a dream, that that big dream, that big vision, and your frustration with that was, why give me it if you weren't going to give me it now? Um, because uh, imagine that it's like someone knocking on your door and be like hey by the way like i've got you a bmw <laughs> back to the car analogy um, i bought you a bmw um but yeah here's a minivan and you're like what yeah why 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 give us that why give me that minivan you've bought me a bmw just give me the bmw but isn't it funny though in terms of that we often lose we often don't trust in the process as much as we should do and i'm going to speak from personal experience now is that i always felt like i've always had big dreams always had big big dreams crazy dreams to be honest some dreams (laughs) dreams to kind of impact the world on a, a global in a global way and Many people spoke to me and said, Luke, you know, you don't need to change the world, just change one person's life. And that was, like, beautiful, and I understood what they were saying. (laughs) But then also, there was this dream within me and this sense of calling that, no, I really do feel like I'm going to have a big impact in the world. It's like something that's naturally within me. So what would happen in my own life is that I would then go from job to job knowing that I'm somebody that's going to make a big impact and I would get frustrated in the place that that I was at because I always wanted the bigger thing because I was like this isn't big enough like I'm called to more in one sense like surely like I can do better than this and not in like a narcissistic kind of arrogant way just this kind of sense of hang on a minute, this isn't big enough. But what I learned was similar to you now when I'm starting to live out the dream that I believe is what God's calling me to, is that during them little moments, I was actually being prepared for this moment. And it's it's like God, it's like God saying, hey, like, yes, you were made to drive a BMW, but if I put you behind a BMW now, you'll crash because you haven't just learned how to steer a car yet. You haven't learned how to go from naught to 30, not about bloody naught to 120. Like, it, it's them types of moments. So my question to you is this, to throw it back at you. Why is that? Why do we go through life feeling like we have this big dream or something within us and we feel like we've got to figure it out for ourselves rather than just trust that it's going to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, <clears throat> that does make sense. And I think there is um, there is a mix-up in how we see that. See, I think that we get the dream um, because there is something more. And it's to give us hope in the seasons while we're waiting for it, knowing that'll come. But we tend to forget that there was a dreamer and God was the dreamer. Mm. So we focus on the dream instead of the dreamer. Mm. 
And so when we focus on the dream, I, I think we sometimes could either rely on ourselves to do it. And there, we're a lot like there's a lot of us who are very successful in what we're doing. We have just natural talents and and good on you. That's amazing. Um, but this isn't for people who who are naturally talented and super happy in what they're doing. This is for people who are going, there's more, isn't there? isn't there? And it's this feeling, you know, oh, there's more, isn't there? And it's not because where you are isn't important. It's so important where you are at this moment, at this time, you carry something for that season you're in where you are. And then you move on to the next season. And then you move on to the next while there's still hope that you'll reach the dream, but it's not about the dream. It's about the dreamer. It's about the dreamer who wants to dream with you. Mm. And that was one of the things I, I really learned is, you know, and this has come from, you know, watching my 18 year old look at the world and go, what do you think I'm going to do, mom? And I'm like, what do you think you're going to do? Mm. Like if you could, if you sat with God and you said, God, what do you think I can do? Could you imagine what the mm. God of the universe would say to somebody who just sat with that time going, if I can do anything? It's the dream, right? Abraham was given a promise, right? But he dreamt it first with God. He'd laid there and he dreamt it with him looking at the skies. Mm. And I think we mistake chasing the dream and not chasing the dreamer. That is so good. And just that, that the way that you said that then in terms of me talking about your son there, it's like, what do you think you could do? I'm just thinking how, how, how I'd have that conversation with God is in terms of going, like, you dream through me. Do you know what I mean? Like, God, I'm going to allow you to dream through me. Like, what is it that you're dreaming about for mm -hmm. my life? I think I've had them conversations or them thoughts and some people might be listening and be like, well, this is all, God, all good, but I don't even know who God is. But this sense of knowing more and being driven to your knees, trusting in something, like I've had these conversations where I've gone, hey, like what would be possible? Like what truly is possible? And I think when we rely, oh, I'm about to bring some fire right now. When... <laughs> When when we base our dream upon our own ability, yeah, just upon, upon our own ability, and we don't base our dream upon his ability, the dreamer's ability, yeah. the dreamer's ability to make it come to pass, yeah, we don't we feel inadequate or we feel this sense of great it's not possible in order for this dream to pass because we go, who am I to accomplish this dream? Or who am I to drive the BMW? Like, who am I to do this? And God isn't saying, who are you? He's going, who am I? Yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly it. Mm. It's it's not about us, it's not about right? Us. It's, it's not about us, right? Whether um, whether you believe there's a God or whether you don't believe or whether you have questions, at some point we have to sit there and go, is it about me or is it not about me? Mm. 
can, you know, and, and it's not to push people into going, oh, there's a God, right? These are just questions. I think whether you are a believer or not that you just have, and you have a yearning inside of you to want to dream big, Mm. you know? And so the question that we asked at the beginning of this episode is, do you have a dream that comes back? Do you, do you have a dream? Mm. Is there more that you're sitting with in your life as you're listening to this and you're, and you're thinking, yeah, I just have this, there's just this little, just this little sense in, in the stomach, right? You know, it's not, it's supposed to be there to deter you. It's not to deter you. It's for you to chase something. Ooh. It's for you to go after it. And it's for you to ask questions because questions in Sweet school, classes. I don't know if they, I don't know if they ever told you this in school, Luke, um, but there is no such thing as a stupid question. Mm. Okay. Now I'm going to say this. I have three kids and there can be some stupid <laughs> questions. <laughs> But one of the things that you do as a mom, as a mom, is that even though in your head, you're like, I cannot even believe you're asking me this, you treat it like it's not a stupid question because to them, that's their whole world at the moment. That's where they're at. That's where they're at. Mm. So where we're at is Damascus experience. People who are listening to right now are not at that. Mm. Every question is a great question mm. because where you're at is where you're you're starting a brand new journey. And it's exciting. So exciting. And I think that's so true. Is like I think in a world that gives us so much information, we're not asking enough questions to ourselves. We ask mm-hmm. them quickly to Google. And and we ask Google these questions and we get the answers of the world rather than when we go through an experience of asking ourselves these questions, what happens is we're asking the big search engine. So when you ask (laughs) Google, hey, what's my purpose? Yeah. Google's going to go, well, the definition of purpose is like, and then it's going to give you loads of people talking about purpose. But when you ask yourself, hey, what's my purpose? Before you know it, if you ask a question like that, you get flooded with answers because now you're connecting to a source that is bigger than you. Right. And I love that analogy of Google Because when you have a question, that's great if you're, say, cooking, you know, Google, how can, how long do I need to cook a turkey for, right? When you ask Google, though, it also takes out the relational part of things because it's a computer, right? And so it's only giving you facts and it doesn't factor in the relational side of, of human life. The most beautiful side is the relational side of human life, right? So when we ask Google, what is my purpose? And it gives you facts, that's good, but it doesn't know you. It doesn't know 
at this moment, you've been crying because you lost your job. It doesn't know that you're frustrated because your kids are, are misbehaving for the third day in a row. It doesn't know that you're crying because you're an empty nester now. It, it doesn't know that, you know, you got fired from a job or it doesn't know these things. And you cannot take a question of the universe and broad brush it across every scenario and expect the same answer. Mm. That's just not how God works. Mm. Shine a light. This is a deep, this is a deep. I wish I listened to something like this like 10 <laughs> years ago. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'm talking about dreams though. I think this kind of leads us into kind of like, obviously people have been seeing this Damascus experience and saw a really cool video with my voice kind of emerging a world. And you're like, dream with your eyes wide open. <laughs> like, um, everyone's like, ooh, yeah, mysterious. No one has a freaking clue what we're doing. Um, but I think in terms of this is just a cool story, so I thought I'd tell it. Um, I had a dream in February. And um, I know that you know I had a dream. We're just telling yeah. it for the viewers. Um, I know. <laughs> just to let you know. Um, but I had a dream in February, and it was a weird-ass dream, the weirdest dream I have ever had. Now, some of you might be listening, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I've had some weird dreams. But there are certain dreams that you just never forget. It's like they hold a message. Um, some dreams are just weird, like you wake up one day and you see a fish that looks like an eagle and, you know, and it's dancing around with Blobby. Like, and you're like, what is that? And then you realize that, you know, last night you were watching kids' films all night. Um, so that's just your brain doing your brain. But then there's some dreams that you have and you feel like, ooh, was there more to that? Like, is, is yeah. there more to that? And you turn to your friends and go, I had the weirdest dream last night. And it's like yeah. you're trying to seek and understand this dream. Anyway. Long story short, I have this weird dream. So in the dream, I'm in bed and I realized I have my legs up like I'm in labor. And I was like, what? And I, I remember looking down and I realized that I was pregnant and I was pushing out a baby. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? No, no, that's a weird ass dream. Now, if anyone wants to know. That is a weird dream. That yeah, is a weird dream. I'm a male. I, I don't make ba I don't make babies. So when I'm having you a dream, you do, but you don't push them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. So when I uh, when I'm there, pregnant, and I'm pushing out this baby, and I could feel the con the contractions, I could feel the pain. I realized yeah. it was in labor, and then I woke up, and it was like the most vivid dream. I remember waking up and turning to my wife and be like, I had a dream last night that I was giving birth. And for so long, this dream has sat with me for so long because I thought it held great meaning. Like, that's a weird-ass mm -hmm. dream. Um, that is, yeah. And then it wasn't until we only found this out, what, a week ago? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, this week, right? That yeah. you had a dream in February. I did have a dream in February. <laughs> and I had a dream that I was looking for an office building mm. and then I walked into this abandoned building and I realized ah, that's where I lived I lived in this building so I was like okay so I walked in the building and as soon as you walked in there was a really big bed and a dresser so it looked like my bedroom and on the bed was a brand new baby <laughs> brand new baby like <laughs> I was like I don't know how the baby got there. The baby was not part of the beginning of the dream. The baby was just now a baby 
in my bed there. And I remember I picked up the stream of this baby and I was holding on to this baby. And I realized I had someplace I needed to go. And I was like, I can't go anymore. And all of a sudden this person appeared and was like, you need to leave now. And I said, I can't, I have a brand new baby. I can't leave anywhere. And this person said to me, that's okay. We've already packed for the baby and the baby has a passport. Let's go. And I went, what did that mean? That was a weird dream. That's one of those dreams that I woke up and you write the date and you write everything down because something is going to happen. It's going to be weird. And yeah, a week ago, I was telling you because we were having a conversation. I was like, this is where something's going to be happening. And I just, I started remembering this dream all of a sudden. And I called you and I said, Luke, I had this dream on February, on February 7th. I had this weird, weird dream. And you're like, huh, I had a dream also. Like when? You're like, February. So I had the baby and you had the baby. That's, that's different. (laughs) That is different. So we've come to the conclusion that I gave birth to a baby and that you were, you were carrying it, that this dream was that you were going to kind of raise this baby that I'd given birth to. Now people probably listen to this going, this is so weird, but this leads us on to both our individual dreams the -hmm. dreams that in one sense got birth on the inside of me a long time ago and also you were kind of waiting for this dream to manifest in one sense um my question to you is this what were you waiting for what were you waiting for what was the dream the the car what were you waiting for what did you feel like it was well when I got the when I got this dream years and years ago, and then I was told that the dream wasn't in the dream was in the everyday. I st- I lived every day that I was living a dream that I was going to put my best foot forward and wait. But I always knew inside of inside of me that this dream would one day come and manifest, and I was really excited for it. And then. About three years ago, I was attending Bethel Church at School of the Prophets, and I got these prophetic words that told me everything that matched this dream 12 years ago. And I sat there and I was thinking to myself, it's, it's going to happen now. Like after all these years, this is going to happen. So this is three years ago, sorry. This is three years yeah. ago, yeah. So three years ago, I started. I started really... <laughs> pulling out old prophetic words, old dreams I was having. And I just started, what I started doing is I started dreaming again. Because when you, when you raise kids for so many years, and I love my children, and I, I love my husband, and you know, you become a wife and a mother, you sometimes forget who you are a little bit. Mm. And I started taking that time and going, this is who I am. Okay. Who am I again? What did I used to dream? What did I used to love doing? And I started digging and diving into words and reading and, and trying to figure out all, all of these things. And it was almost like this tension started building inside of me as I was co-dreaming what the world was going to look like with God. 
And it was almost like this co-dreaming, this open vision of, you know, what if people helped people all the time? You know, what if, what if we had this ability to be different yet the same? What if we, you know, there was no more homelessness on the street? What if, and, and so as I started wrestling with these things, because we live in a world that that's not happening right now. And so as I started wrestling with them and pushing into them, I could feel and pulling key things he wanted for me to find in there and find this vision. Find that. And then it was like I was sitting with this great big bag of stuff that was like, oh, man, this is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. And two years goes by and nothing is happening yet. And I'm going, come on. <laughs> I've already waited 12 years for this. Like, are we why are we still waiting? And then. Luke and I met in the most really random of ways. Mm. We were both added to a Facebook group. Yeah. And we were added to a group by, to me, by somebody I didn't really know, but you know, cause I'm very polite Canadian. I don't even turn invitations down to join groups. So I joined the group and you know, I, I got involved in the group and I, you know, God was saying, you know, steward your season, be in your moment, be in the season. And so I started sharing on the group. I started doing that. And then I was asked one day to do an interview in the group about authority. So the person who was going to interview me couldn't do it. And I ended up meeting Luke, who was a leader in the group at the time. And I remember when we were talking, all of a sudden I heard Luke is going to be the key to your dream. Mm. And then I said it, <laughs> which probably freaked you out a little bit. Hey, <laughs> say it on <out> again. <laughs> and yeah, it's, um, and then we started realizing that a lot of the same vision that I've been carrying for so long and the same words and the same desires I had, you had. Yeah. And we went, well, that's not a coincidence because you don't actually meet a lot of people who think the way that we think. And it's not a knock on anybody else. Uh, my husband is a very solid black and white thinker. Mm. And we do not think the same. It's just a different perspective. And so realizing that we started talking about it and then we started dreaming about it. And all of a sudden things started happening that at one moment I couldn't get past. And the next moment we're passing leaps and bounds together. And I thought this was it. This was not meant for me to carry alone. This was actually meant for me to carry with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that person was Luke. And then when I realized that that's when Luke and I started building Damascus experience and dreaming about a world with God and what that would look like and what we offered. Yeah. It's not in it. Yeah. Still well, what about, me. what about you? I didn't freak you out too bad. Did I? Yeah. Totally freaked me out. <laughs> uh, well, when someone just goes, you are the key to my dream. You're like, what? I'm going to move my family. <laughs> what? I'm going to give up my whole life. Cause I believe that you are the key to my dream. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, say that the very first time, but no, you, you know, no, that wasn't the first thing that you said. Like I got to know you a little bit more, but um, it was really interesting. Something I, I, you said something about that happened three years ago about someone started prophesying again. And if and someone's listening now and going, "What is prophesying?" is 
explain what prophesying is very, very quickly in one line. Oh, prophesying is just hearing God. It's just okay. hearing God's voice hearing for God's voice. people or for yourself. Yeah. There you go. Right. So someone starts speaking on God's behalf, basically three years ago that, that your dream is going to come to pass type thing. Right. So I went to a prophetic event last year, I think it was maybe anyway. And the word that get, get, got given to me is that, that God had been taking me on a three year journey. Um, and it was a three year journey. And that at the end of these three years, I was going to be released into what it is that he'd called me to do. So it's just really interesting again, in terms of you saying that three years ago and that God was saying to me, I've been doing something because for the people that are watching now, like in terms of like God and faith and any of that stuff, like I was not into it three years ago at all. It was three years ago, literally a few months ago that I came into the knowledge that there may be a God and I started to explore that. So literally three years of me going from not having a clue about a God or some type of being to where I am now, which is like so concrete, sure. And like, you've been in, done this a lot longer than I have. Like you can imagine the journey that I've been on in three years. It's like gone and fast forward, but it's the sense of that. Like we were sent, we were saying before about preparing you in a season that, that the word that got given to me was that God was preparing me for three years for a moment. And I was like, what is the moment? And and before you know it, this whole weird thing happens. I have a dream about a baby. You have a dream about a baby. We meet online. We, we have the same vision, the same dream. And then it's all starting to come apparent that, hang on a minute, what happens if this was the moment? What happens if this was the moment that we were both waiting for? And I think that kind of goes naturally on to, I think how we'll kind of conclude this first episode is that, that we have a dream and our dream is to bring the whole experience in which we are talking about. I think a lot of people even during this episode, and I'm so excited to dive into the next eight weeks or how many, well, for the rest of however long we do this, um, (laughs) because I'm so excited for people to experience truth and experience a perspective that we got introduced to so long ago and that has radically changed our lives and brought us great hope meaning and purpose and we want to give back our experience and allow you guys to have that experience as well yeah so it's it's exactly that if you've listened and you're like well i don't really believe in god we're not asking you to believe in God and we're not even asking you to go attend a church. What we're asking is that if you're interested, then let us just answer some questions that you've been asking. Mm. Let us just help you answer some questions that you've been asking because we're not here trying to convince you that there is a God. We're not trying to convince anybody that there is a God. What we want to do is we want to share our story and we want to share the experiences that we ourselves have had. And we hope that they happen to you too. 
That's the, and, and I mean, that's really what we want to do. Um, so we want it to be a safe place where people can ask questions because I think there is nothing wrong when people ask questions. There's Just, no stupid questions. There's no stupid questions. And don't ask Google unless you're cooking a turkey. <laughs> so, but they're Go on. But they're great. Like any question is a great question. And it's the question I think that we as people are scared to ask. We're scared to ask because people um, think we should have it together by now. Right. When you reach a certain age, you're like, yeah, I should have it together by now. By the time that you are 35, you should, you know, have a job and you should have kids and you should have the nice house and you should have the car and you should have been on at least three vacations. And how come you don't have your, have your act together yet? And it's okay that you don't because you have questions. And if you don't have it together, then you are definitely in the right place because we don't have it together either. This is a place for broken, broken individuals and lost individuals. And that's the truth though. Like three years ago, I was so lost. Three years ago, I was, I was so lost. I had exactly what we spoke about during this episode is I had this feeling, this niggling, this sense of there was more, more to my life than just getting a good job and retiring. I thought there was more for me. I thought there was more to life. I, I questioned, had so many questions like, what does this really all mean? Like, is there actual a purpose to any of this? Like, or should I just give up? Should I just go off the rails? Like some crazy thoughts in terms of like, do I really need to follow the status quo? Like, do you know what I mean? Just this straight yeah. up, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Just these mid, say midlife and 25, like just, just these, <laughs> these questions in terms of hang on a minute. And I think what's beautiful now, when I look back, when I was asking them questions, I was asking them questions to myself. And then yeah. I asked them questions to somebody else. And when I started asking them questions to somebody else, my whole life changed. And for the people that don't know a little bit about my story very, very quickly before we finish is that I was depressed. I was anxious. I was suicidal. I was, I was in a really, really lost, dark place. And I always say that I was driven to my knees. And I have so many conversations with people. People message me all the time going, hey, even had one today. Like, hey, any chance we could have a conversation? Like, I just want to ask you a few questions. And the the first thing that they say is, I'm not religious, but that's the first thing. I'm not religious, but and I go, but what? And he goes, but I find myself praying. I find myself asking these questions, is there? And I always say, well... I got to a point where I had no more answers in myself. <laughs> yeah. And I was on my knees crying my eyes out and I was like, right, if there's anything out there, help me. And as soon as I asked for help, as soon as I asked, not Google, but God, this universal thing that at the time I had no freaking clue what it was. Yeah. It answered. And it answered well, and, so profoundly and took and me on I, a journey. 
And I love the, what you said there is when you had no more answers in yourself, when you had no more answers, I think we tend to ask safe questions. We ask the questions that we already kind of know the answer for because we don't want to be challenged. We want to be confirmed in what we are thinking. Right. So if I go, does my hair look nice to my husband? His answer better be, yeah, because I'm thinking it looks good in my head, right? So when we ask a question, it's because we already have an inkling of what we know the answer is, and we just want you to confirm that we're right. Yeah. We don't want to be challenged. And so I would encourage you to keep listening because the more questions you ask and the less you try to answer your own personal selves, and just leave room for other answers to maybe slowly creep in, you might find that there is an opportunity to have a radical experience yourself, whether that's with God, whether that's with other people, whether that is with, you know, in the podcast, in the car, by your, it doesn't matter. There could be a radical chance to have an experience when you open up like that. And then experience that can change your whole life. It, you'll never be the same again. Never be the same again. So I think we're going to end with a question. Yeah. And what is do you want to ask a question? <laughs> the question is, do you have a dream? And that's our question that we're going to leave you all with today. But thank you, Yvonne, for this first episode. That has been so exciting. This is so exciting. I can't believe we've done it. I can't believe this is our first episode. I can't believe that, you know, that we have been so faithful in everything and working. And I'm just so excited um, for this experience with you, Luke, that we're going to do. I've just learned so much within an hour. (laughs) I know we're having our own experience here and we're trying to help other people, but it's amazing when you ask a question, you can learn yourself by just having a conversation with people. So if you can, and if you love this, follow us back um, on Instagram. Yes. With Damascus Experience and Instagram, Damascus Experience on Facebook. And once a week, we'll be dropping a podcast where we're going to ask the questions that sometimes we're a little bit too scared to ask out loud to other people. Amazing. So make sure if you're watching this on Facebook, then like it, share it with your friends. If you're watching this on YouTube, like it, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel, hit the little notification bell. That'll tell you when we upload. And there are all the cheesy things that you say, don't you? So people follow you. And yeah, just, I would love you to go on on an experience with both of us, an experience that we are excited about because we don't know where it's going totally. We have an idea, but it's still an experience that we are experiencing every day with yourselves. So thank you very much guys. And we will see you on our next episode. Bye. So there we go. Episode one complete. Like Yvonne said, guys, make sure that you are following us on social media. If you just type in Damascus Experience, then you will be able to join us, join our community as we continue to bring you an experience you'll never forget.